Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with me, Siobhan Hunt. And as always, to take your parenting questions is Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Chris has over 30 years' experience helping families across Sydney, whether they're little babies that have just been brought home or the second baby and trying to manage that juggle with a toddler in the house. Um, She's got all the answers. At least that's what I have found so far. I've not found a a question that has been asked that you can't answer. (laughs) So this is your opportunity to ask Chris your questions. So if you are watching us via our Facebook Live video, please pop your question underneath the video or you can give us a call it's 1800 kids radio and before we get stuck into it i'd also like to remind you that if you want to email us through the week then we can respond to your questions or chris can respond to your questions next week so send an email to conversation at kindling.com.au but let's start with kelly she has a 22 month old Every couple of nights, uh, my 22-month-old wakes anywhere between 12 and 3 and won't go back to sleep for about two hours. He seems wide awake and chatting and cries when we leave him. We leave him to cry for a few minutes, but he gets himself so worked up, tears are streaming and he's beside himself. During the day, he sleeps two hours from 12 to 2 and I don't struggle to get him to go down to sleep both morning and night. What could be the reason for this waking and how can I make it stop? It's been happening for about one and a half months now, maybe twice a week. He's a good sleeper otherwise. Well, Kelly, I've literally just come from a client with exactly the same problem. Right. (laughs) Then we worked out pretty quickly that what they were doing was meeting the child's needs. So they were there. If they walked away, he cried. If they came back, he was happy. And this had been going on for about a month and a half. Um, And the answer in the end for them was to do control crying because they found that whatever they did didn't actually help. So there's this point of how do you know how to move forward in it? So it sounds like all the timing's right. So he's getting up in the morning, he's going down from 12 till 2. Um, You could try putting him down at 7.30, so taking that full five and a half hours from when he woke to putting him down to see if that helps. But if he's awake and chatty... It's more that he probably just needs to be reset on how to go back to sleep again. Um, so the more you do for him, I think this in this case, the more he will feed off it. And you need to try and pull back a little bit. And there will be tears. But hopefully what it will allow him to do is to be able to self-settle. So he's either waiting for you to put him to sleep. Um, whether that be patting, rocking, an extra feed, you know, just wearing him out for an hour and a half before he's tired enough to go to sleep. And what I think he's lost to, lost to lost the habit of doing is actually putting himself back to sleep. So he sort of thinks it's party time in the middle of the night. So very slowly you're going to have to extend the periods that you're not with him and go back and give him some reassurance. Um, and some people will try that and they will get good traction and they'll be able to, you know, get the baby to self-settle. And some people may even have to move on and do a controlled crying where they've left him for 10, 11, 12 minutes 
even 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or for him to settle himself. And I think that that's an individual thing and that you need to be comfortable with what you're doing. But I think the first thing you need to see is that the more you're doing for him, the less he has the ability to self-settle. So have a think about all of that and see if that might be able to help you get him to to be more settled. So extend the times of him trying to go to sleep and, and shorten the times that you're in with him. Good luck with that, Kelly. We have a question now from Erin on the phone. Erin has a three and a half year old and 10 month old twins. So she's having lots of fun. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm good, Siobhan. How are you? Good. Thanks, Dylan. Do you want to tell Chris what's going on? Absolutely. So I call you or well, message you guys a lot for a lot of information. So thank you very much because it's definitely working. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> um, I have two questions today, one about my three-and-a-half-year-old and and one about the twins separately. So uh, we moved into our new house. Um, Mm -hmm. I I got your information from that and set up his bedroom perfectly. And, um, you know, he's been sleeping really, really well through the night um, and not waking up. He doesn't have day sleeps anymore. Um, But he's decided that he loves waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And as much as he has (laughs) a grow clock in his room and he knows (laughs) when it turns yellow, that's when he's allowed to get up. He's waking up at five and he's yelling through the house and waking everybody up, resulting in a very grumpy household for the entire day. So how do I get him to... What and time I, does he I'm, go to sleep, Erin? He goes to sleep anywhere between 7 and 7.30 at night. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Is it more towards 7.30 or more towards the 7, do you think? Because he's waking uh, up five. Depend. Oh, it's hard to tell. So some days he'll fall asleep as soon as I put him in bed and some days I'll read him a book, pop him in bed, give him his cuddle and I can hear him sort of talking to his bunny and reading a book to bunny while I'm sort of, you know, cleaning up the dishes yeah. or something like that and he'll fall asleep close to 7.30. So it varies from night to night really. Okay. So this is a tricky one because I think for a three-and-a-half-year-old he's probably more towards the seven and a half, a 7.30 window. But he's waking mm-hmm. at five, which makes for a longer day. So you keep getting caught in the trap where one day he's tired and one day he's not tired. Yeah. Um, so if your timing is roughly between 7 and 7.30, depending on his day, I think you're doing really well. Okay. The five o'clock issue is more learned. So the, <laughs> I've never really seen a grow clock work properly. Most kids bring it out and say, look, it's orange at five o'clock <laughs> in the morning or it's blue. <laughs> um, so I think this is more of a learned behaviour. And because of that five o'clock wake up, you don't get the consistent 7.30 putting him to bed because you have to keep judging him being tired or not. So I think we have to start at the five o'clock end of the day instead of the end of the 7.30 end of the, sorry, we have to start with the five o'clock start of the day instead of the 7.30 end of the day. And we have to just keep giving him the message that he's back to bed. So Mm -hmm. I would treat this as if he had woken up at three in the morning, you know, because at the moment it's still dark. Um, in terms of him waking up at five o'clock. And if he calls out or gets out and comes to you, I would literally just walk him back and tell him it's time for sleep. If he calls out, I'd just go to the door, point my little finger and use your mummy tone. Don't yell at him, but use your mummy tone and say, it's time for sleep. Shut your eyes. And it's more effective if maybe dad could do it. So you interchange this. So it's not all about you and it's not all about dad either. But he doesn't get that consistency of just going, mommy, mommy, mommy. So I would point your little finger and start with a five o'clock end and and treat it as if it was three o'clock in the morning. So don't play into it. And if he gets out, is he in a bed? 
um, Aaron? He is in a big boy bed, yeah. Yeah, so if he gets off it or gets out of it, I'd just march him straight back again. And I think it'll take you about five or six days, but I think you'll get the message. Okay, and do you think it's worth taking all of the toys out of his room? Uh, no, not normally because we're teaching him to lay in the bed. So, you know, if he sat on his bed at five o'clock in the morning and talked to Bunny, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just know Mm -hmm. he's woken up earlier. But I don't think taking the toys out of his room is going to do anything because I'm assuming he's not getting out of bed and playing. Or he's getting out of bed and playing with his cars. (laughs) Oh, he is getting out of his bed and playing. Yeah, okay. a cheeky one. <laughs> There's a cheeky, cheeky way of fixing this. If you get your porticot and stick it in the middle of the room and then tell him if he gets off his bed, you're going to put him in the baby cot. Okay. And when he gets off his bed, you literally pick him up and put him in the baby cot and he'll be sitting in the baby cot. He'll look very big in it. But it's sort <laughs> of like a little bit of time out for that behaviour. And that okay. sometimes just flicks them over because they look at the porticot and they say to themselves, I'm not going in there. That's where the babies go. And they sort okay. of learn to stay on their bed. So yep. otherwise you would have to confiscate the toys that he's using, you know. But it must be pretty light in the room for him to get off the bed. And So no, is there a light? He light on. Oh, he goes and turns the light. Oh, he's very self-sufficient, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He certainly is. Okay. Then <laughs> that's, yeah, the next problem is the light. So I think if we put a bit of behavioural around it, so not like he's he's sort of in trouble but not seriously in trouble, don't yeah. overdo it, he'll get it. And maybe okay. taking the toys, I reckon if you took the toys out of the room, though, he'd just walk out the door and into your room. And tell I you all about it. Gate on his door. Oh, good um, work, Erin. Well, his bedroom's right by the front door. Oh, so you um, needed the gate on there anyway. Yeah, for sec- yeah. more for security reasons. Just yeah. So he's not going to bolt out the front door. Yeah, that's door. right. It's not about who's coming in, it's who's leaving. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Erin, if that's all right, could we move on to your twins, the yeah. 10-month-old yeah, twins? Because I know you have another question. Um, so they've just turned 10, month, 10 months on the weekend, they've just turned, and they love every piece of food they can probably shove in their mouth. Good work. My, my, oh, they're fantastic. They've literally just taken to food so easily. My concern is how much do they would need to eat and how much should they be eating? Because if I keep putting food in front of them, they, they just keep, keep eating. eating it. Yeah. Okay. So if you do you use um, a bowl to put the food in or do you use a plate to put the food on? Um, it depends on what they're eating. So okay. if they're eating sort of like their mushy fruit or anything like that with a bit of yogurt or... Yeah, um, you put it in the bowl. A, yeah, I put it in the bowl and obviously feed it to them. But I've got to keep their hands occupied with, say, a spoon or something yeah. like that because otherwise they, they just won't put eat. their hands in, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that. And then when they're having their... They sort of skipped the whole mushy vegetable stage and they just went, went to straight finger to food. wanting... Yeah, they went straight to finger food. So yep. I've just been putting it on... Um, a little bit on the like the tray of the high chair yep. um, yeah. while we've been eating, so they don't have a place or anything that they can just pick up and throw, throw it the on room the room, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. so um, assuming that you would probably feed them breakfast just because of the nature yep. of breakfast and give them some toast to play with, lunch should be a half a sandwich to a whole sandwich and a few finger food bits like some cucumber mm-hmm. sticks. If they ate most of that, that'd be pretty good. If they okay. ate all of it, I don't think you're overfeeding them. Okay, okay. And then for dinner, it depends whether you're doing finger food, but if I was doing it as finger food, I might Mm -hmm. have done maybe half a sausage each, maybe some little pieces of potato that I might have baked so they can pick them up in their hand and a pile of peas. Now, if they ate all of that, that'd be pretty good. You might give them a bit of yogurt and fruit after. Or if they ate two-thirds of that, that would be pretty good. 
And okay. um, I had a good quote the other day that you only give them food and sit them to the table and they have to work out how much they're going to eat and when they're going to eat it. So okay. I think, you know, if you're sort of around that size and they're eating well, then you're doing well. Okay, perfect. And how many bottles should they be having on top of that food? Three. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Done and dusted, Erin. Oh, well, the twins are doing well then. They are. Well, good luck with that. And please call back if you have any more questions. Thank you, ladies. Will do. Brilliant. Thanks, Erin. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. As you've been hearing, you can call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO if you'd like to speak directly with Chris. And um, then she can definitely cater her information more to what you're asking her. Um, You can also, of course, pop your question below if you're watching us on Facebook Live. We do have another caller now. Rhiannon is on the phone. She has a seven and a half month old. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Tell us what's going on. Um, so I've um, just got a, a question about um, my son's feeding. I've been listening to the um, podcast and I've heard how it's been mentioned, you know, that the milk feeds are the most important um, things than over solids. And since we transitioned from three naps to two, I've been having um, issues with uh, getting the amount of milk feeds um, in? In during the day. Yep. And I'm just wanting to make sure I'm doing the correct um the best sort of make... thing for him yeah so yeah. we used to be on a 7 a.m he used to get a 7 a.m bottle 11 3 6 30 and then a dream feed yep um we've been slowly dropping the dream feed because he wasn't taking his 8, 7 a.m bottle That's very right. efficiently yeah um so and we've been doing it, it gradually yeah by 30 mils um and he's started getting the hints that he's not getting as much <laughs> at night that he needs to to have, it, to in have it in the day, yeah. Yep, um, so that's fine, the 7 a.m. So uh, at the moment we've gone to two naps, so yep. he goes down at 9.30, yep. um, wakes up at 7, 9.30, yep. he has a bottle and breakfast. Yep. Oh. Um, he would sleep past 12 if I didn't wake him. Um, and then we have a bottle, we have lunch, he's down at 2.30. Um, I get him back up at 4, I don't let him sleep past 4. Yeah. Um, and this is where we're coming in the evening. Yeah, then, so I, then you've run out of day, haven't you? Yeah, so if I give him another bottle, yeah. he'll take the full feed, we'll have dinner, and then he won't take anything at bed, and then he wakes up at 8 o'clock, because we put him down at about 6.30 at the moment, yeah. until he gets used to the transitioning um, yep. to two naps, um, and then he wakes up at 8 hungry, because he didn't take anything at That's bed. That's right, yes. And then I've done little feeds, like maybe just give him like a little snack, yeah. like 30, 60 mils, yeah. and then doing dinner. Um, and then the bottle, and he does take a full feed. Yeah, um, and then I've also tried doing some water when he wakes up and then just bringing dinner a bit earlier and then doing a big bottle um, before, before he goes um, to, bed. to bed. And we're still doing the dream feed um, at present, but we do want to start gradually Weaning phasing that, that out. Yeah. yeah, but I want to make sure he's getting enough milk, obviously, during the day because I've, I've so, listened to this podcast and it's, so I don't want to start creating night wakings. Because, because he didn't get enough in the day, yeah. In the day, That's yeah. right. So that's you're doing really well. I mean, your biggest problem is he sleeps well because that's yeah. where you run out of well, day. <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't a good sleeper in the first three months. He's a reflux baby and once oh, he's got okay. the right meds. He now is a good amazing sleeper. sleeper. Yeah. yeah. So if he gets up at seven and you give him a bottle, how much do you give him in the bottles? Um, at the moment, he just started the last couple of days taking two ten because we've uh, gone. You've just given wasn't. him too much, so yeah. he's filling he, up he, too quickly. 
Yeah, he was taking only 90 mils and then taking 90 and stuff like that. Yeah. Now he's actually taking a big feed at 7 a.m. Okay, so, um, yeah. So the first bottle I'd give him is 180. Yep. And then about an hour and a half, now to an hour and a half later, give him breakfast. Yep. Keeping up for two and a half hours is really good. And then I yep. probably wouldn't let him sleep past two hours, which would get him up at 11.30. Yep. And at 11.30, what I do, and I know everybody's different, I give them a small bottle there of about 90 mils. Okay, yep. Then at 1 o'clock, I'd give him his lunch, and hopefully yep. that's he's starting to explore finger food. Yeah, he's, he's he looks at it at the moment. But. Yeah, that's, that's good, good that he's looking at it. Yes. So don't overfeed him his lunch. So how I do it is then I keep him awake for three hours. So 11.30, go down at 2.30. And just before he goes down at 2.30, I'd give him the bottle of 180 mils. So don't give him a big – you could do lunch around the one one thirty, but don't give him a really big lunch. Yep. Okay. Then he'll go down 2.30, sleep till 4.30. I'd give him dinner at about 5, 5.30 and his bottle at 7 and put him down and see if that regulates his milk in the day. Okay. How much milk do you give him – at yep. 10.30. At 10.30. At the moment, we're down to one twenty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get in We've there. We've been dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to do 180 and we've yeah. been dropping it by 30 mils. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're on the right. You're on the right track. I think he, he was just top heavy at the end of the day. And the last bottle of the day could be anywhere up to 240 mils, which is that 7 yep. o'clock bottle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've only just started getting to two and a half wake time. He's a, if he doesn't, he's can't stay awake for very long. Yeah. Um, we've only just gotten to there. And if I don't put him down when he tells me I am tired, yeah. he won't self-settle yeah. and uh, refill. That, his that's own. right. So I think you're doing it right. In fact, if he went to bed earlier, you'd have more space because it'd yep. be earlier in the day. But that's the sequence that I use for that age group that might help you regulate his milk during the day. Okay, no problems. I'll give it a try. Pleasure. Good, good luck, Rhiannon. Thank you. Bye. And we have a question now from Natalia, who has a two and a half year old. She says he has a dummy for sleep since he was a few weeks old. He doesn't use it at childcare, doesn't even ask for it, but does at home. He gets extremely upset if he can't have it at Ooh. home. Any suggestions on how to get rid of it? Is there a particular age you should get rid of a dummy? Since I think the years. particular age of getting rid of dummies is when dummies become a problem. So it sounds like when he's busy... He forgets all about it and maybe when he's at home and he needs to self-play a little bit more, he whinges for the dummy. So I think this would be an appropriate time to get rid of the dummy. So, um, and he's two and a half. So he's also getting to that stage where he's moving on to a big bed and things like that. And at two and a half, I use um, bribery deception (laughs) rules for this because there is no way, easy way. So the first thing you have to do is gather up all the dummies that you can find in the house because there will be a sneaky dummy that you've left somewhere and he will find it. So the first thing is I'd gather up all the dummies and get rid of most of the dummies except one. So you only know there's one left. Then give him a few days with that one dummy and restrict it only to his bed so that when he whinges in the day for you, you can say you can have the dummy, but you have to get in your bed to do it. And that really annoys them. So they either accept and they spend a lot of time sitting in their bed sucking their dummy or they're sort of getting used to not having the dummy at home while he's awake. And I'd probably only do that for a week. And then I would literally say to him, and I tell them in the morning, 
like that we're going to do it the next morning. So I don't get up at the, on Saturday and throw them out because I think they get very distressed if you do that. So on the Friday, I might say to him, look, you know, we don't need to use dummies anymore. We're past the dummy stage and you're getting older now. And we're going to throw the dummies out tomorrow. And this is where the, the bribery and deception comes into it. So the next morning I get up, we get the dummies, and I literally, you have to go and throw them out in the big bins outside. Otherwise, you find your two-and-a-half-year-old in the little bin in your, in your house. And I throw them out, and then I bribe them. I just say, let's go and get a new bed toy. And you go and get a bear or a tiger or a car or whatever the thing is, and that's his um, substitute toy. And literally it takes one day, then they forget about it. Sometimes too, but they're pretty, they're pretty good at moving on. So I think once you have an idea of how to do it, it actually goes quite smoothly. All right, Natalia. Well, good luck with that. Um, we have another phone call, Chris, <laughs> from Amelia, who you answered her question last week about her 18-month-old daughter's frequent night waking. Yep. And she has some follow-on questions oh, from okay. that. Some more That's detail, good. I think. Hi, Amelia. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Can you hear me? We yes. can very well. So tell us, um, what have you done? What's happening? How do you need some well, adjustments? <laughs> well, I've probably just um, continued, I guess, in the vein in which I was last week. But Chris yeah. had some questions and, you know, she was asking, like, what happens when my daughter's dad goes into it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, she she just screams like he's not even there and just puts her, puts her <laughs> arms out for me and it's obviously awful for everyone yeah um and he i mean they have a really you know beautiful relationship yeah. it's not like they're not really close but in the context of the bedroom it is me and me alone who she will respond to okay which is part of the problem yeah <laughs> That's right. So, and I see here she wakes up around 10.30, 12.30 2 2.30. Now, yeah. um, what you bring her into the bed. So can you see where she gets all these sort of mixed messages about so what bed that's, is? That's, that's sure. But that has only been, basically, I started work, I returned to work full time. And yep. I just got to this point. I yeah, have, have never tired. brought her. Oh yeah, I had never yeah. brought her into the bed, but it's the middle of winter. I'm cold. I'm working a full yep. day. And I just got to the point where I was like, the only way I can get some sleep here is if yeah. I just bring... So that's been the past month, two yeah. months, sorry. But before that, I was. she was probably waking, you know, every really two to three hours in her own cot. Yeah. So um, it only takes them about three days to learn something. So the really yeah. good thing is it only takes three days to fix something. <laughs> right. But when I teach my antenatal classes, I often say to the class, so what ways do you think you could sleep your baby? And they say bassinets and cots and co-sleepers. And no one says, oh, we're going to bed share. And yet if I met them a year later, most of them are bed sharing for yeah, that right. exact same reason that you said, you know, it just becomes too hard. There's more going on in our life. So, but what for her, what's happened for her? though is that she knows if she pushes totally she'll get there so what totally. we have to do is create that nice environment that says your bed is fine we're right. okay here but that's where you're going to sleep and yeah, as soon as your mind changes to we're going to fix this mm. I think you'll be amazed at how fast it actually fixes because I guess part of it like last week for example yeah. I just got to the point where I was like I'm not going to let you into our bed and it Good. was three it was three and a half hours yeah where it, I, <laughs> yeah that's why the other thing I always say do it on the weekend don't do it on your work day where you can't focus the next day and this is about the 
the two of you doing it on the weekend and think mm-hmm. of this like she's 16 and she says, no, I am going out. And you're saying, no, <laughs> you're not going out. <laughs> I've and never it's seen, probably going to take three hours. I've never heard it that way, said that way. Well, before. you're just practicing. She, awesome. Yeah, she, you're practicing she, she, with the small people. Yeah, she clearly knows that if she just keeps grizzling, yeah. then I'm, gonna, I'm going to just get too exhausted and so, give in. So let's take what she knows. So be, prior to bringing her to your bed, what mm-hmm. were you doing to help her go to sleep in her own bed? Um, well, I would sit next to the cot and yeah. hold her hand. Lovely. So it's, and, you were I holding mean, hands. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes patting her. I mean, I have done, like, I have had a sleep consultant in, Chris. I've had done sleep training. I've sat on a chair in the middle of the room. While, like, I have done, I have done it all. And the kid breaks me. <laughs> <laughs> She's, you know what? Okay, I just opened the door at 16 and just let her out. <laughs> what a spirit, Amelia. What a spirit. Yeah, but got. They have to live with her, with the spirited child. Um, have you tried a version of control crying? Which, well, that's why, like, I used to give it 10 minutes, and but she just cried so crazy. It yeah. was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't. But what happened when you went in after the 10 minutes? Well, then I would pat her. Okay, I think what we have to do is stop you from patting her. So still go in, but don't pat her. Because she's a tactile child. When yeah. you held her hand, she yeah. she settled when you brought yeah. her into bed. So she's a yeah. quite a tactile child. Is there, has she got a comforter that she could? Yeah. She, she has. Okay, so yeah. she we can replace that that experience for her. So maybe what we need to try, and one method, she's 18 months, and the thing you've got to get about 18-month-olds, it'll take her about an hour to an hour and a half at the most, but it's what you see over three days, so that the first night is hard work, the second night should be easier, and the third night should be so much easier. So right. giving her, let's say, 10 minutes, or that point at where you think she's just about to lose it, and yep. then go in, and what I would do is tap the bed and just say, mm-hmm. you need to put your head down. You need to yep. put your head down because you've, you've got the secure environment, her bed, right. timing. Now you have to get her to actually put her head down right. so that she can go to sleep. Once she puts her head down, yep. I would give her a couple of pats and then walk out again. Right. And you do you do have to be strong, but I, in all honesty, would say that you both need to do this because yeah. – She's just Yeah, and it's not that your partner isn't willing to do it. It's just that if you haven't got structure between the two of you, it's really hard to move well, it forward. I, I guess the problem is as well, he's a, um, a doctor at ED. So he, yeah, so he needs sleep. And, he, well, and he's frequently on night shifts, you know. That's uh, part of it. So like he's he, doing some nights, some days, as opposed yeah, to having a run, like, yeah. run of do – does he have a consistent run of days off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd have three or four days off okay. in a row. Yeah. So what you need to do is not change this until you're at the point where he has those three days off. All right, okay. You've got to pick the timing so that the consistency is what works in the end. So if he yeah. hasn't got three days off for four weeks, don't. Yeah, you may as well just take it to bed until yeah. you get to that point and then be yeah. very clear on what it is. And yeah. I think you'll be amazed at how it turns around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what you want to hear. I did two and a half year old twins just to give it a different level of complication and they were done in the first to the second night. So the idea is I, I put her down yep. and I walk out and yep. I give it 10 minutes and yep. she's going to go tropo. <laughs> sort like, of, yeah. Like absolute, she will. As soon as I don't <laughs> touch her, she will just yep. absolutely go 
yeah. horrendously crying. Yeah. And then at 10 minutes, I'll walk in. Yeah. I tap the bed yeah. and encourage her to put her head down. Yeah. And then I might give her some pats on the bottom if yeah. I think she needs it. Yeah, that's right. And then when you leave, the next time, try just a minute longer. Not 10 minutes longer, because then she will be beside herself. But just a minute longer and a minute longer. So I walk out once she's kind of put her head down? Yeah, because that's what you're trying to teach her, to put her head down. And then you're saying you're okay. The pat-pat is the you're okay. But what's happening is the pat-pat's turning into I'll pat you to sleep. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, look, pick your time in and do it and then follow it up. Like if you do it across Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ring us on Monday so that we can twig it straight away and not, you know, three weeks down the track. Because, yeah, yeah. I'm having a baby in October and I just Yeah, okay. You need some sleep before... That sweet number two comes along. So we should have this done by September, okay, and that'll give you a whole month before that baby turns up. Oh, my gosh, and you're going – you, did you say you're going back to work or you're back at work yeah. now? Yeah, she's back at work. Yeah. Oh, lucky cool. you. <laughs> you get to I'm, go. I'm just – I'm just diving in. Yeah. Everything is... Take it all on. There's no motivation like a second baby to get this fixed. Exactly. Well, that's (laughs) that's the thing. That's what's kind of, I guess... I just was thinking, like, Pearl waking up at 2.30, and I remember she's the baby used to wake up at 2.30. I'm like, what am I going to do? Ah, yeah. You might have a brilliant sleeper, Amelia. (laughs) You That's might have pray. a little That's angel. For, listen, to, <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we have to Thank go, you. but Amelia, please feel Thanks. free. We're here to help. So if you need to call again, you can do so. I appreciate your help. Thank you. No worries. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you, everyone, for all your questions. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on Kindling Helpline. But you could tell definitely from, I think, this episode just how much you can get out of calling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do encourage people, if you can, call to call and speak with Chris. Chris, as always, thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, And you can get in touch with your questions during the week by emailing us at conversation at kindling.com.au. And don't forget, we have many more podcasts with Chris's advice on Kindling Helpline, which is available free in the Kindling app under Stuff for Grownups. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website, just head to kindling.com.au.